Welcome back, everyone, to the Bible and Life podcast. I'm glad you're joining us today on this episode, and really hope you all had a wonderful Christmas time. We had a terrific Christmas Eve. Me and my kids, my granddaughter, my wife, we all went to a Christmas Eve service at a church here in town, and I had a bunch of people over that evening, just friends and family, lots of great conversation and laughter, and that was wonderful Christmas Day. We just traveled to various members of the family and got to spend a few hours with each of them, and so that was that was nice as well. And so we really had a great Christmas. I hope you had a great Christmas as well. And uh, and now as we prepare for a new year, one of the things I've been thinking about, particularly re- relating to this podcast, is it's just been super encouraging to me to see the slow and steady progress and growth of the podcast. I've gotten more comfortable with what I'm doing, and there's been more and more listeners and crazy thing, as I've mentioned before, is how international that is, and that's encouraging, and and I'm sure that there are others who might be interested in a simple Bible teaching podcast such as this one, and and you could help uh, them out, help me out, help us all out by just sharing the word and letting maybe your friends or your family know that, uh, hey, if you're interested in the Bible and you're interested in podcasts, Here's a great option for you that just brings those two together as a place to teach the the Bible on a podcast. So I would love it if you would spread the word and share with your your friends, share on Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, or whatever social media platforms you use, and just help others who, who might benefit from and enjoy this podcast to be able to find it. And so subscribe if you haven't, share if you haven't, and if you're of a mind to, and just help people find the Bible and Life podcast as we move into 2019. All right, today in this episode, we are really going to be turning towards the final section of the Sermon on the Mountain. Jesus is about ready to drive home the point and really wrap things up in the Sermon on the Mount, and he begins to present us with a choice. Um, And every day we're confronted with choices, right? Like every day we have big and small choices. What are we going to wear? What are we going to eat? And some of that, some, sometimes in life we have big choices. Do I want to stay with this job, quit this job, start a new job, um, and all of that? Is it time to have kids or not? Should I marry him? Should I marry her or not? Choices. And every day we're confronted with choices. Uh, most are small. And those small choices actually shape who we become. And then all of a sudden we have big choices, and those big choices can lead us into new directions, but our choices really shape the kind of person we become. And In this final section of the Sermon on the Mount that we begin in this episode, um, Jesus begins to present us with a choice. He says we have a choice to make. Uh, and before we jump into uh, the choice that he presents with us, just a little bit of review. Since it's been a couple episodes off and since the Sermon on the Mount is really a big sweeping section of Scripture, let's just make sure we, we haven't forgotten where we're at. The theme of the Sermon on the Mount, as we've said, is really the idea of surpassing righteousness. Clear back in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And from there, then, he he goes into what really might be called part one of the, the body of the Sermon on the Mount, where he gives examples of surpassing righteousness. It's not enough to avoid murder. We need to avoid anger and contempt, and he intends to make us into the kind of people who can do that. Um, he talks about marital faithfulness and how even lust is a betrayal of that, or marital faithfulness and divorce is actually a betrayal of that. He talks about keeping your word and doing good to those who wrong you. These are all examples of surpassing righteousness. And so 
That's part one. And then part two begins in chapter six of the Sermon on the Mount, where he begins to really explore some barriers to surpassing righteousness. What are, what are some things that will get in the way of Jesus transforming us into the kind of people who really are, are good and right and work the way we're supposed to from the inside out? What are those barriers to surpassing righteousness? And he talks about keeping up religious appearances, doing righteous and religious deeds just to look good. And as long as we look spiritual, we think we're fine or others think we're fine and that's good enough. And Jesus says that's a barrier. And then he talks about focusing on material things, money and stuff, and how focusing on money and stuff can actually keep us from seeking first the kingdom and it, it attracts all our energy and it, therefore it gets our heart and so that's a barrier and then he talks about a superiority complex and how that leads to judging others and wanting to fix everyone else but not paying attention to ourselves and we would do well to actually pay attention he says to the log in our eye more than the speck in other people's eye and that's that superiority complex it's a barrier so that's where we left off was uh, with that and now now we're ready to move into this final section that, that picks up in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, and goes all the way to the end of the Sermon on the Mount, verse 27. And this, this final section has really a series of appeals to, to us as followers of Jesus. And it, it includes three pairs of contrast. Matthew 7, 13 through 27, three pairs of contrast. There are two gates. There are two trees. There are two houses in this final section, and all of these contrasts include an implicit warning and a choice for us to make. Choose the wrong gate, well, that road leads to destruction. Become the wrong kind of tree, and that gets you cut down and thrown into the fire. Build the wrong kind of house, and it'll come crashing down. And So, whereas the Sermon on the Mount begins with blessings, blessed are the poor in spirit, the Beatitudes, and so on, it ends with warnings. Which gate will you choose? Which tree will you decide to be? Which house will you build? These warnings aren't arbitrary and thus unfair. It's not like Jesus is just saying, well, you know, and, and if you screw up, then it's too bad for you. No, these are the outcomes of the choices you and I make. Our choices lead us somewhere. In fact, one person who was influential in my life back when I was in college used to say, you are what you are because of the choices you've made. And we've all seen that, haven't we? Like what a person's life becomes is by and large the result of the choices they've made. That's true for you. That's true for me. That's true for everybody. By and large, we are what we are because of the choices we've made. It's like Picking a road to live, uh, drive on, it takes you somewhere. It leads to a destination. I remember one time my wife and I and some friends, we were um, driving back from Cincinnati, Ohio. We decided to take a different route that we had never taken before because we wanted to go to St. Louis and stop by, see the famous arch in St. Louis. And so... Uh, we did that, and then this was in the days before you had GPS on a cell phone, and so we were trying to figure it out via map. We got on the freeway, and before we realized it, we're, we're looking around. We're like, I don't think we're going the right direction, and we start looking around, 
at, at all the buildings around us and windows are broken out and boarded up. The buildings look abandoned. There's graffiti everywhere. Uh, we pull off the freeway. And we think this is not where we're supposed to be. I think we're heading the wrong way. And somehow we would gotten on the wrong freeway that took us into a bad part of St. Louis where it was like, we really don't want to be here. Um, that's how our choices work. Our choices lead us somewhere. And in fact, the very first choice Jesus presents us with is picking the right road, picking the right way. That's the first bit of imagery he uses in this final section of the Sermon on the Mount. Listen to what he says. Matthew 7, verse 13, Jesus says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And many are those who enter by it. And the gate is small, and the way is narrow that leads to life, and few are those who find it. Here in this section, you have two gates. That's the imagery. This, that's the contrast. You have two gates, which lead to two roads, two ways, two paths to travel on. And the choice that Jesus is presenting before us is the choice of the narrow gate. He says, enter by the narrow gate. And the narrow gate in the context of the Sermon on the Mount, is Jesus and his way. Choose Jesus and his way of life. That's the narrow gate. Why should you choose that way? Well, he gives the reason. He says, for or because, he's giving a reason there, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And many are those who enter by it. Um, In other words, choose the narrow gate because if you choose the other gate, the big gate, the obvious gate, the broad gate, the easy gate, well, that that leads to destruction. Um, That's where that road goes to. It goes to a place called destruction, to a dead end, literally. Um, This way, this gate leads to the road that's the way of the world around you, the way of the culture around us. Their ideas about what's important, culture's ideas about how to get along with other people, uh, society's ideas about how to deal with life and stress and difficult people, culture's ideas about what's really important and what really matters and what should be at the top of your day, day planner and your daily schedule, what your priorities and your goals should be. Um, and, and at least in American culture, Canadian culture, right, European Western culture that, that uh, I'm a part of, on that road, you're pretty much free to do your own thing. It's the easy path. It's what everyone else around you is doing. It's comfortable. The problem is, even though that path is big, wide, broad, easy, and comfortable, the destination is destruction. And who wants to go there, right? And so choose the narrow gate because The big gate, the comfortable gate, the obvious and easy gate leads to destruction. And then he goes on and he says, for the the gate is small, expanding the reason, the gate is small. It's a little less obvious. It's a little more constricting. It's a little tight. The gate is small and the way, the road is narrow that leads to life and few are those who find it. This isn't the obvious path. This isn't the path of everyone else uh, around you in the neighborhood, on the job, in the city you live in. Th- this is 
This is the path that kind of goes against the grain. This road is a little more confining and a little more constricting. It's narrow. It's a little more strenuous. It doesn't just coast downhill. You might have to climb uphill. It takes a little more effort and requires a little more dif- discipline. Uh, this road may involve more hardship and even some opposition, but it's worth it. Why? Because this road leads to life. It leads to real life, lasting life, true life. This is the way of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so when he says, enter by the narrow gate because it leads to life, he's saying, my way, though it might seem more strenuous, though it might be against the grain, it might feel like you're swimming upstream, it's the way that leads to life, real, lasting life life. And so that's your choice. Destruction or life. Ease or discipline. Comfort or constriction. Destruction or life. You choose. You choose. We choose. I make the choice. And really, this little simple section of the Sermon on the Mount highlights the myth that we can be neutral. You can't be neutral about life. To not choose is to make a choice. You're making a choice by not choosing, and the same is true in relationship to following Jesus. You can't be neutral. You can't be neutral about Jesus. You are making a choice, whether your choice is to say, you know what, I'm just not going to make a choice. That's still making a choice. It's making a choice to say, I'm not going to decide. I'm not going to do the effort. And so you can't be neutral. You have to choose. And, and, And to not choose is to put you on the road to destruction. It's to go with the flow. It's to do what everyone else says. Jesus here in this section of the Sermon on the Mount has made the options crystal clear for us. Enter by the narrow gate. Enter by the narrow gate because the only other option is the broad gate and the broad road, and that leads to destruction. And who wants that, right? And so we have a choice to make. Um... You and I, we don't drift into discipleship, right? You don't drift into discipleship to somebody. Uh, You don't drift into discipleship to Jesus. You have to choose. You have to decide. You have to plan. You have to chart your course. Do you want to be a follower of Jesus? Do you want to be a disciple of Jesus? Well, you have to make a choice. And that's ultimately what the Sermon on the Mount is all about. Um, Jesus is inviting people into his kingdom to be his disciple. He is saying, look, we said at the the very beginning in the Sermon on the Mount with the blesseds, the Beatitudes, what he's basically doing is throwing open the door wide and saying, the door to my kingdom is open to anybody and everybody. Blessed are you. The good life can be yours. You can have a blessed life in Jesus and his kingdom if you'll enter in. If you'll come into his kingdom through the narrow gate, through the narrow door, you have to plan, you have to chart your course. And choosing the narrow gate doesn't just mean believing in Jesus. Choosing the narrow gate doesn't just mean having some sort of loose association with God or church or people who know Jesus. Choosing the narrow gate means choosing to follow Jesus as teacher and leader of your life. And that's what it means to be a disciple. 
you choose to say, Jesus, you're going to be my teacher in the way of life. You're going to be the one who leads uh, my life. And so I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust what you say. I'm going to trust your wisdom. I'm going to trust your ideas about life. I'm going to trust your agenda for life. I'm going to trust that you know what life really is about. I'm going to let you teach me how to do life. That's what it means to be a disciple. And that's why we have to make this choice. We don't drift into discipleship. And that's the whole point of the Sermon on the Mount. Are you going to be a follower of Jesus or not? Make your choice. Make your choice. Narrow gate or broad gate. And if you choose the narrow gate, Jesus will lead you in the way of life. He said that he has come uh, that we might have life and have it abundantly. Jesus is an expert at life. He knows what it means to be human. He knows the best way to do life. He knows the way you and I are designed to function. And that's why he's calling us to choose. He wants us to choose. He knows that his path, his way, his road, the gate that he's, he's presenting to us, he knows that'll lead to the way of life. Um, so the question for you and for me is, do, do you actually have confidence in him that he knows what he's talking about enough to actually listen to him? Do we actually have confidence to listen to him? To choose to listen to him and to do what he says is to choose the narrow gate. And so I'm actually recording this on New Year's Eve. So why not as we enter into a new year to say, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put my confidence in you. I'm going to choose your way. Uh, I'm going to choose it every morning when I get up that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you teach me about life and how to do life. Uh, enter by the narrow gate because that gate leads to life. That gate leads to the way of life. And here's the cool thing about being a disciple. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be great at it to be a genuine disciple, to let Jesus teach you about life. You can be pretty rough. You can be a beginner. You could be just getting started, but Jesus could still be your teacher. So let's abandon this notion of perfection. Let's quit worrying about being perfect. And let's just say, Jesus, I just want you to teach me. And we begin to learn and we grow and he's patient and he teaches and he shows us a whole new way. And we change slowly by our association with Jesus as he is our teacher in the school of life. So here's the good news. Wherever you're at in your following of Jesus, I know plenty of people who are loosely associated with Jesus, but they don't really let him be the teacher in their school of life. And the good news is there's always an off-ramp and an on-ramp in life. You can take the off-ramp from the way you're doing it, and you can take the on-ramp onto the, the narrow road that leads to life. You can do that right now if you want to. You can change roads, and you can decide to choose the narrow gate today. And that doesn't mean choosing just to believe in Jesus. You may already believe in him, but you're like, Jesus isn't the teacher for me in the school of life. And you could say, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to let you be my teacher and the leader of my life. That's to choose the narrow gate. Um, and so as we enter into 2019, um, since that's when I'm recording this, why don't you just prayerfully consider what road am I on? What path am I taking? Take heed to Jesus' words. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And that's the way everyone else is going. But the way is small and narrow that leads to life. And few are those who actually choose to walk that way. Why don't you and I be one of them? All right, God bless you guys. I hope you have a, a wonderful New Year's. 
And again, if you're of a mind to and you, you think this uh, podcast would be helpful to people you know, if you would share this with them or if you haven't already, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. That would be awesome. Hope you guys have a great New Year's and we will see you next time on The Bible in Life. <laughs>